All right, man. Welcome to the Sippin' Something Podcast, episode two. Today I have with me my trainer, Martin. Um, dude, I'm pretty excited to talk to you because after our last, last conversation where we talked about kind of your story and I shut you down and said, save it. <laughs> I've been like, oh man, he's got some gold to, to throw out. And plus, I've only really talked to you like small talk, at the gym, what's up, and passing, that kind of stuff. Right. So it's kind of like a first date. Right. <laughs> well. <laughs> but before, so obviously owner of AAO, which is an incredible, especially from the outside looking in, and now that I'm in, it's it's really sweet to see kind of the growth. Oops, sorry about that. It is popular, man. Ooh, that's, that was the alarm telling me. I should have been here already. <laughs> oh, no, you're, actually, hold on. Oh. I'm going to turn my do not disturb on now. You kind of See? Look at that. It's meant to happen. Exactly. Sweet. Before we get into kind of the story of where that came from, how you got the idea, that kind of stuff, I want to know, I guess, like, you're Topeka native, right? Topeka native, born and raised. Okay. And then high school at? Topeka West. Topeka West, guy. Charger, all the way. All right. And so, get out of high school, what happens next? Get out of high school, go to the Army in 1994, uh, stay in until about 2001. Okay. Uh, but before, I'm gonna make sure I get present this to you before I forget. We appreciate you having us on today, so especially myself. Shoot, so I want to give you a little, Put little me on something. The spot with a gift. Oh yeah, I got to. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. Custom box for. Oh boy. You're the first person to receive that sticker, actually. Fresh awesome. off the printer. I'm a big sticker guy, actually. Yeah. If you can look at the back side of my computer when we're done. You'll be shocked. I saw it. Remember? <laughs> I saw it. Big sticker guy. Thanks a lot, dude. That's uh, I was actually pretty excited about um, your jumper. My, yeah, yeah, my suit there. Team jumpers only. Oh, and a stocking cap. Nice, dude. You got your scully, sir. Okay. I saw you with. I thought I swear I saw you with a scully on the other day, and I was like, that'd be a perfect gift. Big fan. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. My pleasure. Thank I can't get nice. out of here because I'm dumb, but there you go. I will, I will do. So seriously, thanks. That's awesome. My pleasure. So let's see, went to the army, uh, did a little combat, saw about a year and a half in Ecuador, Peru. Um, kind of funny about that, even when I was in the jungle down there, I was still training folks. Uh, <laughs> in the middle of the jungle, we had a kind of a makeshift gym down there. Oh, for real? Yeah, so I was attached with the special forces unit down there. Okay. One of the crazy stories, while Ecuador and Peru were fighting, so you had to be selected to go through this. and. Uh, Anyway, long story short, just, it takes me back to how far I've actually been willing to go to help people right. do some different things, especially in the physical fitness totally. world. So that, so you're not, so the personal training gig is not new. No, I've been at all. literally doing this for over 20 years. Okay. Yeah, whether it's been on the side, worked part-time, um, I even helped. I was at the YWCA downtown for a pretty mm -hmm. good little stint. That's where I was kind of stationed at. Okay. And then just all over, wherever people needed it. 
Gotcha. Okay, so Army, at what point, because you did professional bodybuilding, still do, still do, right? Well, I do. Um, I still consider it amateur, but I've, I've made national level two times in a row, which is really, okay. well, actually three years in a row, which is a really positive thing. Right. Uh, came close to getting what they call your IFBB pro card um, mm -hmm. two separate times. But I said the back in 2006 when I was really on that road, I was a whole lot bigger guy, like three sizes what I am now. Jeez. Uh, I did a show in St. Louis, I think 2006, and throughout that whole training period for uh, 12 weeks roughly, I had a uh, epigastro and umbilical hernia. So it was literally coming out of my belly button. Mm -hmm. I'm leg pressing a thousand pounds and pop out, have to push back in, pop out, push back in. So it about killed me. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane, but dude. I was so driven, I just didn't care. Right. And after that show, I'll never forget it. I had a couple of my buddies go with me. Now this is in St. Louis, where we're getting ready to head in April. Okay. So it's a lot of memories for me. Um, got off the stage, I took sixth place down there, and it was it was a pretty big show. So it was like 25 people, just in my class alone, roughly. And I said, I want donuts. We went to Krispy Kreme. I said, I don't feel so well. Uh, we drove back home that next day, and that following Monday, I was on the operating table. Holy crap. That's how bad I let it get. Wow. So, yeah, that's not <laughs> good. Dude, I threw up last night, dude. Did you? Yeah, you remember my comment about, uh, you asked about cheat meals, and I said something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not good. What'd you eat? Mexican. So you Way made you sick? Oh yeah, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah, that's well. I tell you what. Once you've been eating clean, I know it's all off subject, but once you've been eating clean like that, the cheat meals for your mind mm -hmm. and your cravings start wanting it bad. You're like, oh, it tastes so good. It tastes so good. Right. But your body's like, hey, what are we doing here? Uh, I don't want this inside me. And yeah. It has several different effects that, <laughs> that may happen. I was not. I was. I was hurting for sure. So you're competing in April, right? I am. Okay. Which is why I guess I'm better comment. We're sipping on water today. Yes. So I will join the water only. That's right. Um, <laughs> on back to kind of the personal training thing. You started all that way back then. Your first bodybuilding. When did when did that become an image in your head where you're like, that's the the sport or hobby or passion that I want to chase. So that goes way back to when I was 14. I was roughly. really young. Yeah, and I, I've got vivid memories of it. Uh, my, uh, I came from a pretty, pretty abusive household, Michael. Very bad. It was mixed between color purple and um, Ike and Tina. <laughs> so we were kind of like right in the middle of that. So my dad used to actually make me, I don't say make me because I kind of enjoyed it, volunteer at the VA. Okay. And I met this guy there, I was 14 years old, his name was David Taylor. And he was a monster. And uh, I mean, he was just impressive to look at. And mm -hmm. he pretty much took me under his wing at that point, at that age, and showed me everything. And I was a sponge at that point. And I just became so intrigued with it. And I think there were some underlying, probably mental issues is why I wanted to get bigger and why I want to get stronger, mm -hmm. you know, help protect my mom, things like that. Right. But um, that's when I just really grasped it. And then from that point on, I never really looked back. Okay. So, so you had like essentially a mentor young. Yes. Very. And you kind of were like, 
I'm going to do and say whatever he tells me to do and say. Exactly. And I did whatever he, I did exactly what he said. Gotcha. And now you're that for hundreds, thousands, yeah. however many people. Quite a few. <laughs> which yeah. is, which is awesome. And that's one thing I was thinking about this earlier. I'll never forget. So I've been, I've been training with you for maybe a month. Yeah. And I remember I started seeing you at Co-Law probably two years ago. Yeah. And we knew we had a lot of mutual connection, but we never really met up until a few months ago. Right. And so, um, gosh, I don't, this is going to be a rabbit trail, so I don't want to get too far into it because I think we'll come back to it. But I remember everybody, like people know you at Colaw. Yeah. Like you're somebody that you're in there. I don't know the last time. Well, and this is kind of an AAO thing too, is like anytime I'm in Colaw, I either see you or I see somebody wearing your apparel, which is sweet. Cause it's right. like, this dude's got an army behind him. And what is it? You're doing something that's making these people buy in. And obviously I'm one of them. I think it's incredible. But I remember um, when you train somebody, you're all in on that person. Yeah. Whether you're, when you're doing your one-on-one -on -one stuff or if you got a couple people, like you are, 100% invested in, in them while you're working with them. And so I've heard complaints, you know, some trainers, they'll be training somebody, but while that person's doing their set or between sets, whatever, the trainer will be over talking to somebody else. And I noticed very quickly that you are 100% invested in that person and like very intentional about being with them, being there for them, and helping them to grow and be better. But I remember, and you probably remember this, but it's not just, this was a cool personality trait, maybe if you wanna call it that, that I saw, that you're not just interested in helping the people that are paying you. Correct. So whether you see, you seem like you're interested in helping people regardless if they're training with you or under you, whatever. Yeah. And I remember this elderly woman She's probably, I don't know, I don't want to guess her age, 70s, 80s. Mm -hmm. I see her almost every day in there. She's awesome. I haven't talked to her, but I want to. And she was on the row machine. Uh, yeah. And I saw you up there. You were helping her get her feet strapped into the row machine or whatever. Yeah, like, I remember that. Just seeing you go, like, to see you assist people that you aren't training or just you see, to see you interact with people is awesome. And I just see that in the way of, like, that's how I know to you it's so much more than just your job or career. It's a passion for you. Right. And it's very evident in that way because I see you constantly interacting with everybody at the gym. Like right. Colaw, I mean, you were just kind of known at Colaw. Everybody's like, oh yeah, that guy. And that was one of the things where I was like, I need to reach out to that guy because I think that was an attractive factor, I guess, for me in seeing your success. I get like you have cool success stories of people you train like one of my favorites is Brittany oh like, God, that's right. insane dude. yeah and so those things are cool to see but to see your heart for just people in general that was what kind of hooked me and caught me where I was like I'm gonna reach out to that guy and see what, he, what he's got to offer for me that's awesome I appreciate um, that. yeah totally but where does that does that stem from way back when because when you started, you're following that dude. Yeah. Um, 
and it sounds like you were just kind of wanting to be big, look big, that kind of stuff. Right. How much has that changed? In I'd say that that whole aspect of it has changed um, dramatically simply because once you enter that whole bodybuilding world, it's a very selfish sport. It's a very uh, time-consuming sport. Mm -hmm. It's very driven, very focused. Um, you learn a lot about yourself and you learn about, about other folks around you. Um, one of the things that I always, to, to add to that, I try to do is not just focus on myself no matter what. Because um, I know I was a guy who was tugging on David, or David Taylor's shirt all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay, hey, I'll do this. Hey, hi, hi. And he always would stop no matter what he was doing to help me out. And um, I mean, I, I remember in ways, but you know, more or less paraphrasing, he would like always give this gift to other people. Mm -hmm. um, he would preach about don't be arrogant, don't be boastful, um, be proud of your work, but just don't, you know, take it to that level. So as I started getting more and more to the sport, you know, um, I just realized that it's kind of like we're in the direction that we're headed in now. Um, we may have six people going down to the show in April, but uh, we're going to go down as, as team AAL. Right. You know, when you do your competition, you know that you'll have a following of team behind you mm -hmm. um, that's going to be rooting for you. So, um, again, I kind of went all over the rabbit trail there. Yeah, no, you're good. I, but I that, totally see that. That passion, though, it just comes from, you know, there's just, I think that in general, we all are just good people. Um, and there's some people that are just scared to, someone falls, people, some people will look. Some people react quicker. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of like that, that lady that was on the roll machine, you know, not very many people would have even paid attention to that. Right. But I just looked over when I was training with someone, I said, can you give me a second? I need to go help her. Mm -hmm. And they were all for it. You know, yeah. like that's, that's the community that I'm trying to create or yep. elaborate on. And again, she was just having a little trouble getting the straps. I mean, she's literally 80 years old in the gym and that's inspiration on the days oh. of I don't want to get up and go to the gym. Right. She's 90. So yeah. you guys, <laughs> I can use that to help motivate my clients. I yeah. literally saw a nine year old doing the road machine yesterday mm -hmm. and your elbow hurts. Yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> I've seen her on every piece of cardio equipment. Yes. She doesn't, she walks, she rides. Yeah. She, yeah she's impressive. <laughs> she's not a real fast mover, but she gets there. She works. Right. She drives herself there. She, you know, who knows the responsibility yeah. she has. Yep. So, uh, shoot, I was gonna ask you a question. Oh, okay. Um, let's just, I guess, what explain what AAO is, and then we'll talk more about where it came from and that kind of stuff. But what are you right now? What is happening? What's going on there? AAO is, it stands for Against All Odds, and uh, what it depicts or represents is more of a struggle in life, a struggle uh, with humanity, a struggle with self-love, self-care. Um, what it actually means, it doesn't just stand for lifting weights or it stands for, you know, people with severe mental issues or self-esteem issues, you know, all of the issues. Mm -hmm. um, again, the biggest thing that it means is when you see that sign and you see that logo, you know um, that you don't have to face the mountain alone. And that's what I put on the on the back of all of our wristbands. Uh-oh, we good? I have no idea what that was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded great, though. So we'll go for it. So it's kind of like that thing. I believe that 
at some point in our life, we've all felt um, alone, left, sad, depressed, all those mad, sad, glad, or afraid, and we may not have anyone to turn to. So mm -hmm. I wanted to create something where on the rainiest and loneliest of days, there's a website with a video of someone saying, hey, my arms are floating. You know, yeah, like Tracy yeah. does. Like yeah, yeah. It's just hilarious, you right. know. Uh, just something to make us smile, someone to reach out to where no one is, how do I say, motivated by their own success, but by seeing others succeed. Mm -hmm. That's very important. Yeah. So did that idea stem? So obviously the fitness side you have a huge interest in. Right. But you brought up the mental health side. Did that stem from your childhood or did that work? Kind of give me the story on where that came from, that your drive to want to pour into people on that aspect and not just the physical um, fitness. So here's where it gets real, real deep. And I'll, I'll kind of add lib here and there. Okay. So when I went through, not to minimize it, but a lot, mm -hmm. you know, a lot, a lot. And uh, I faced a whole lot of mental, physical abuse when I was uh, younger. So, so I kind of get a little sidetracked when I talk about it. So um, I carried majority of this with me to the army, you know. Uh, I moved out of my house when I was 15 years old. Went to stay with, uh, literally left my parents, went and moved with some people that took me in. They got me to the army, adopted me, took me as their own family. But I made those steps, you know, those choices. I decided like enough was enough. I wanted a better life. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that there was something better out there. But I harbored a lot for, good God, 42 years. And uh, eventually, I mean, you give a guy who's full of rage and, and anger and upset and that just loves to lift weights and you put him in the army and you got him punching the bag mm -hmm. with a bayonet saying, uh, uh, what makes the grass grow? The blood makes the grass grow, you know? Yeah. Learning how to fight and you're, like saying, you know, you're in a war and it's just like, you're just so focused, you know, the military kind of helped me flip the switch on, flip the switch off. Okay, now I can have emotions, now I can't. So, um, short version, I said, I, I let all that built in or built up to the point where it pretty much combusted me, I exploded, you know, and kind of lost myself and everything that I built for 43 years of trying to create this amazing positive image and I'll say it like this, I was hiding my pain and my fears mm -hmm. and um, said I just wore the cape all the time, mm -hmm. never took it off. You know, so whether I slept an hour, two hours, three hours a day, I just always had the cape on. Mm -hmm. So um, I might have missed some of that question there. No, you're good, you're that yeah. covered it on that. So that was just how long ago? You said 43 years? So I just turned 45, so a couple okay. of years back. So you realized all that a couple of years ago yeah. and then Had what happened and well i guess what made you realize it how did you see it i guess in that well here's what's crazy so again the training something that i've been doing for forever 20 plus years uh, but i've always had this vision that something could be better or i could do something different or create something that's already in me i just couldn't see it and i couldn't find it so um Short version, one of the best things that probably ever happened to me is what I did is, per se have a breakdown. Um, I went and got some uh, mental 
walked in the door and said, I need some help. I don't know what's wrong with me. I had a lot of thoughts that I didn't know where they were coming from. And I was even trying to act on some of these thoughts severely. Um, but a lot of people don't know, and I'll share for your story, just to tell how com compelling it is. Three years ago, I had took a nine millimeter, loaded it, cocked a hammer, or, and put the it, bullet, or gun in my head and gun jam. Wow. So I was like, okay, this isn't cool. Like, I'm ready to go. I can't deal with it anymore. Did it again. Actually, I did a fire round. Gun went off. Did it again. Gun jam. <laughs> what? I was like, this is not cool. So I knew that something that had been in me this whole time, like for 43 years, this is something I, I openly shared now. I was more embarrassed about, but the importance of the mental health aspect of like, we're going through this small little thing and, mm -hmm. uh, it could be as simple as I can't believe I got this text can turn into a whole range of emotions that right. we don't know how to talk about or unleash. And I even have a psychology degree. That's what's crazy. Really? Yeah, my bachelor's in psychology. So short version, I got help, this and that. And then I, I wound up, um, this, this is going to, you're going to actually, I was talking to a lady today, I was working on the website about this, watched a movie last night called The Shack. I think it's called The Shack. Amazing. Okay. Uh, amazing. And I said, man, this is was meant for me to watch this because I can freely give this information tomorrow when I come see you. But um, around July, August, I found myself going down. This was this year in this depression mode. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I feel better. I'm fine. And I'm making my bed one day. And this is like July the 5th, maybe. Mm -hmm. And something said, uh, hey, Will you go do what you're supposed to do? I'm like, sure. I'm finished making my bed. This is what I'm right, yeah, yeah. So I found myself downstairs and I had canceled some appointments, just trying to get some things out, trying to breathe. And I said, you know what? I'll, I'll text everybody. And I started making and scheduling appointments. Well, that entire month of July was booked, my God, in 15 minutes. I'll take Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll take Monday, Tuesday. Was it just kept coming? I was like, okay, I get it. And then I had this other thought. I was like, hey, you need to start making supplements. <laughs> I'm like, all right, brain, what are we doing today? Yeah, yeah. Um, got on the phone. This is all the same day. Made some calls. Next thing you know, I have a list of 500 different ingredients, and I'm sitting there formatting uh, my first supplement, which is going to be Intensify. Okay. So. Called up a couple of friends of mine. I said, hey, I just had these visions of these thoughts. I don't know what they are exactly. And I said, uh, I need to get a website going. I need to get some merchandise out uh, with the half line. I'll tell you a story about that too, the half line and the AAO. And I I'm here to tell you, remember this was July the 5th, 6th. By August 1st, three weeks later, we fully launched a website with merchandise, supplements and rail. So that's okay. So that July 5th, is that really when the, this dream became like, okay, we're going after it. Like Did you have another job or were you full-time personal training at the time? Or? No, I was uh, working as a um, operations manager at Bimbo Bakeries. Okay. So a lot of people don't know is that I would actually go to work from basically 8 PM at night, mm -hmm. work until 7 AM in the morning, get off and be at at the gym wherever I needed to be from 8 till the last person was training. 
Wow. I did that every day, seven days a week. That's for passion. over a year. <laughs> yeah. That's that's over crazy. a year. And I worked six days a week at Bimbo every week, no matter what. Okay, so <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. So the dream happens like that, July fifth. When is it that you're like, this is gonna be my thing? I'm 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 jumping off the the employment train and I'm going directly into this full time one hundred percent diving in. So here's what's funny about this this local here is the first time I had a so I had this thing I did in for Pittsburgh uh, last national show last year. So through all the everything I was going through, I still somehow managed to get prepped in three months and go to the national level show. Mm -hmm. Don't know how. It was days I died it down, did everything I need to do, and I didn't do good, but I was happy that I made it. Right. Um, so a friend of mine comes over, and I had these shirts made, or a friend, another friend of mine had these shirts made that said "Against All Odds," right? And we wore them. I put pictures of them, blah blah blah, because mm -hmm. like it was literally against all odds of me even being there. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I didn't even see myself there at all. So a uh, very creative friend of mine comes by my house one day. I was like, I made you something. I'm like, what? This is like six months ago. Okay. Like literally six months ago before. So what is this? I'm gonna say at least three months before AAO was born. So she has this black shirt, I call it one of one of one. Mm -hmm. Now we're over a thousand shirts sold, which is pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. With this logo on it. Mm -hmm. The big line on the back with the cross. And she's I said, I just looked at it. And at the time when she gave it to me, I was like, oh that's neat. Thanks. <laughs> that's it. I, I was like, yeah, that's cool, thanks. <laughs> July the 7th, I went and revisited that shirt again. And I saw, like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but if you look at that, uh, it looked at me mm -hmm. and said, this is your logo. So, made some calls, got it trademarked. Again, trademarked. Uh, it's like, I don't know how to get a business license, you know. Right. I, I was working with someone at Bimbo Bakery who all of a sudden came back to work there for a couple months to help us out. She used her own business. Wow. Because she goes, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. So it just fell in line so fast. Like, people said, how did you do that? Like, I don't know. The right people were put, you know, in the path of AAO, I'm not mm -hmm. gonna say my life, um, to get started. And some people are still here, some people aren't. But what it's created is a, huge community you know not just in Topeka but it's spread through all 50 states yeah and it's it seems like every day I'm seeing a new face wearing something of, of yours and it's not just what's crazy it's not just it's every gym you know, mm -hmm. you know my motto has been like a lot of people oh you know he's trying to do this and do that but I said I've never wanted to be if I wanted to own a gym I probably could have I, probably, I still could, if you want to know the truth. And I right. said, um, I mean, this may sound a little arrogant, but one of the worst things that I could do for other people in the community is open up my own gym. Because that takes out of their their revenue, you know. Like, mm -hmm. I'm being considerate of them. I'd right. rather just... Online, I could be in any gym, anywhere, anytime, and they're going to get the same support um, as, if, as if I'm right there with them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's huge to me. Yeah, and you brought up arrogance. 
So I'm going to touch on this. Okay. Another thing I noticed about you in the gym is you carry yourself with a confidence and a swagger, I guess, mm -hmm. that's not, like it's, uh, I would say, it's not arrogant at all, which I think is attractive for, if you look at kind of your clientele or whatever, there's really nobody off limits that you train. Yeah. Which is a cool thing too. Like you're not just training uh, high high class, whatever, athletes or bodybuilders, but you're also training dummies like me that know nothing and you're able to adapt to all that. And you're, I think you find that because you carry, you have that confidence, but you're so approachable. Like you're not, you're not arrogant in the way of intimidation, but you, it's clear you know what you're doing, obviously, mm -hmm. and you carry a confidence that's so approachable, which is, I think, I think that's a skill that's hard to, to be able to have both of those is not easy. Yeah. I don't think, because it's usually one or the other. They're either, you see people in the gym that are very quiet, kind of off to themselves, they don't have much. Throw the guy slamming. Yeah, and then, <laughs> Yeah, it's two hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, slam away. Mm -hmm. But you just have you have two, the the arrogant guy that you stay away from because it's like that guy's gonna look down on me or whatever it is, whatever um, things that come into somebody's mind when they're working out. Because working out's a vulnerable place. It is. I mean, even even for people that are in shape or whatever, I think a lot of it stems from. Some some sort of trauma, and that's kind of their vice, which I don't think is a bad thing. No, but it's a gym atmosphere. I think is so important because you have no idea what the person next to you is, is going through or why they're in the gym. It doesn't matter what they look like. Somebody with that's an absolute stud could have the same issues that somebody you would think knows nothing about working out. Mm -hmm. They could be in there for the same exact reason. Exact same. Thing. And you reveal that in how you bring all these people together. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, makes perfect sense. I might have just beat around the bush a lot to get to that point. But my point is, is you can bring people from all different shapes and sizes and mentalities and everything to see one picture and one dream, I guess. And you're able to help people find themselves, I guess, or whatever and chase after kind of one goal in mind. And it's not just to look better naked yeah. <laughs> or what, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. And that's one thing that I think is, is incredible. And the fact that you can do it is um, admirable. You know, and I, I say this, one of the things that I learned along the way is, and I, I've told Miss Brittany, for example, cause she's the last competitor, you know, I, I've been to hundreds of bodybuilding shows and physique mm -hmm. shows and bikini shows and I've been on stage where there's a hundred people total in the event and there's almost 4,000 people in the event. And um, it, it's, you hit the nail, you know, the nail in the coffin. It's like, we don't know why that person is where they are. Mm -hmm. So like, even when it comes to like the whole stage presence or even being in the gym, you know, how long it took someone to go to the gym. Um, I would say that when someone gets on the stage, I said, that is them at their best and they're ready to show that, you know? So, uh, small story. I worked with a, I worked in Lawrence for about seven years 
at this company called Prosco. Love the company, amazing. And we used to get, I know I'm going to sound spoiled, we used to get massages. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we, they catered food for us. We would get oh. massages. A uh, lady come in and do a massage chair. And she'll remember this. Her name's Cassie Edwards. She was uh, from Gentle Hands Massage in Lawrence. We're talking 2000, I mean, we're talking 15 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And I was heavy, heavy in the training back then. And Anyway, Cassie was wanting to make some changes. And so I said, you know what? Um, it's never really been about the money, if that makes sense. I said, yeah. well, let's just bother. I'm always sore. So she did my massages and uh, I would do her training. So I would drive from Topeka to Lawrence like two hours early every morning just to meet her. Three to four days a week. Mm -hmm. That's just because that's how passionate I was. Right. Now, Cassie, I say 150, 160 pounds later, don't quote me on that. Let's just say 100. She's married, totally different person, totally different life. Mm -hmm. And I think I have lifetime massages for free. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, there you go. Which is pretty cool. So. Yeah, totally. So that's why I'm in it, like that's, that's mm -hmm. the game for me. It's, yeah, that's, there's so much more to it than yeah. what people see at surface level. I wanna see you get there, I'll raise your hand, and then you're in the spotlight, it's your spotlight. You mm -hmm. take it and do what you want with it. Mm -hmm. So do you have anybody that, so David Taylor was his name? David Taylor, yeah. He was your first mentor in wanting to be a bodybuilder. Yeah. Do you have people now that you follow that mentor you that you kind of pick their brain or help you in whether it's entrepreneurship or still, I mean, in any any aspect of life, there's something to be learned. And yeah. so, although so many thousands of people look to you for personal training stuff, who do you still have people that you kind of fall under that you're I don't know, mentorship, I guess, that you kind of follow. Absolutely. Uh, two of my closest guys, uh, Charles Banks, who was actually Mr. USA Worlds, uh, probably one of the best bodybuilders that Kansas has ever seen, mm -hmm. um, actual Mr. Kansas. Um, they have different different types of Mr. Kansas, but he won that. Uh, another guy named Mark Murray. And like whenever I'm getting to that point where I'm getting serious about competing, I can go to them and say, tell me what's up. They're, what I love about them is that I think, again, in today's sport, any sport that you're in, if, if you suck at boxing, someone's gonna say, yeah, bro, you're not gonna get in the ring with Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm. okay, I just don't see it happening. Right. Or you have to fight 10 fights before you get to Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm. So I think just as human nature and as convenient as things are now, people wanna go right to Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm. They, they want to get into the ring with Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the, the Paul brothers. Right. I mean, you this guy is, has 78 belts, and you want to get in the ring with him for real? Yeah. So that's where that, I think that arrogance stimulates from. But anyway, Charles and Mark, I can go to them and they'll say, you need to bring up this, you need to bring up that, come see me in two weeks. How's your food, blah, blah, blah. You know, they, they keep me in check, keep me in line. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I, I say one of the biggest and most important things about this sport is that there's so much, I, I say this over and over, there's so much arrogance and so much cockiness and so much woe is me out there that bridges get burnt really, really mm -hmm. easy. Yeah. People will invest their soul into you and their life into you. And um, But my squad, like Charles and Mark, we've been tight for 20 years. Mm -hmm. 20 years, I mean, that's a long time. 
never burning the bridges when we're all three competitors. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I can, I can see how the, the arrogance or some people would maybe say narcissism. I can see how that burns a lot. Of, I mean, for one, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a one person sport. You're your person when you're on that stage. Yeah. And it's a vulnerable spot too. That's what mm-hmm. I, I try to explain about fighters is everybody, I try to have respect for all fighters because knowing the months and crazy camps they go through to get in a cage with another person that's trying to kill them. Yeah. And they put in all it, they put in all this blood, sweat, tears to potentially go in there and get embarrassed in front of millions of people. Yeah. Get knocked out in six seconds or whatever. It's like that's an insane vulnerable spot and it's so much bigger i think most fighters would tell you that's more of a scary factor than getting beat up right getting beat up is physical pain anybody can get through physical pain but that vulnerable spot of that kind of stuff dude that that hurts to the core the biggest of men yeah you know and so i see in fact i had a friend that was really into bodybuilding i think he only competed in one or two shows but then he kind of just broke he was like, dude, from a mental aspect or mental health side of things, he was just like, I couldn't. He kind of went into like a deep depression, like everything, because he was like, I've, he was pouring all of his time, energy, everything, and just himself to look good. And it just crushed him in the end where he's like, man, it, to the point where he became physically ill, had all sorts of issues pop off yeah. because of, kind of what that sport brought to him. Where when he first started, he was all in and he loved the sport and what it had done for, for him because it kind of, uh, uh, you used the word earlier, I think. But like, he kind of found an identity in that. Mm-hmm. And it was great and exciting at first. And then he, it just was like a snowball effect for him where he just was like crushed in the end of just, I don't know if you would say because of the arrogance and ego that comes with the sport, and it's, he's kind of by himself. <laughs> Sorry about that. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. That came from the freaking death to his soul, dude. Dope that core might be a little sore. Good lord. Yeah, it's a. I, I take it's it's a. You you take it all, and I look at it too. I look at the person. One of the things that I, I absolutely love about Colo since they open, and actually, if people don't know this, but I even help open Colo. Okay. <laughs> I worked there one night a week. Really? Like my s- spirit led me there for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I didn't need to. I just worked there one night a week, overnight, for no mm-hmm. absolutely no reason whatsoever. All right. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but I met a lot of good people. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of good people. So, you know, I was on my hands and knees scrubbing toilets there. So I, I have a different appreciation for what they brought mm-hmm. to Kansas. Um, but anyway, you take the 90 year old that's coming to the gym and trying to get on the treadmill and you, or on the uh, row machine versus the 21 year old guy up at the front with six plates loaded and he's doing deadlifts, you know? so. Between all of that, there's a balance. It's it's a wave. Yeah. You know, you got one 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 wave's higher, one wave's lower. So anyway, I just I just try to be the balance. <laughs> yeah, because I think that I think it's really easy when somebody goes through all that to do 
just to compete in one show, I think it's really easy to fall into the pit of arrogance, self-absorbed stuff. Yeah. So if somebody can find that balance like you're talking about, I think that's a huge, huge uh, mental barrier that if you catch early, I think it'll help your success not only in bodybuilding, but just in life in general. Yeah. And, you know, and I've also used it too. Um, a lot of times, especially when I started training people, like I've, I don't want to sound, this sounds a little cocky, but there's times where I'm just like, it's it's not like you're not ready to train yet. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, I always ask, like, what's your why? And, like, why do you want to do this? Why do you need it? You know, what's going to stop you? Yeah. Because even if I'm at Walmart or at Dylan's something, you know, oh, you're on boat, you know, hey, I want to start training. But I, I hear that 200 times a week. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to start training. Hey, I'm going to get your mobile app. Hey, I'm going to get a t-shirt. Hey, I'm going to... Like, just do it. Yeah. Like, here's the card. There you go. Yeah. Oh, man, I forgot to get online. But I would say people will always make time for what they want to do. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what it is. So I said, it, a lot of times I think we, we fool ourselves, or at least we want to believe ourselves in our own minds. So, so when people are ready, it's like when you uh, first talked about it. When you were ready, you were ready. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm not going to try to sell you to go work out and cure yourself because it's right. going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be really hard. Yeah. You're going to be sore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, okay, we're going to take away your pizza for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to, because you're going into, you're, you're so much more focused on building your team. The team you have, you're more focused on building them up than rather, I would say, than numbers. Right. Because, and I can see that just in, you don't really market yourself all that much. I don't. But the amount of hours you put in every single day on Facebook, pouring into the, the Facebook group that's of the people already on your team. Yeah. I think that's a really cool, because I think a lot of people do the opposite. A lot of people are for the numbers. Right. Let's get somebody on that auto pay, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, that's what they're looking for. And then once you're on, it's like, okay, sweet, we got the job done. And you're like the opposite end. That's step one. Yeah, that's <laughs> now the journey starts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So your why does it? I guess does your why change for AAO? Um. You know, I, I take this is the crazy part about the whole AAO. Uh, the biggest thing is I would love to leave an empire for my kids. But I don't just want to leave an empire for them. I, I want to be, I want to leave a community of people that trust each other and that can call each other. Um, it, it started like, it's, 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 it started quickly, you know, um, massage therapists in our group, firefighters in our group, police officers in our group, LPNs, RNs in our group, doctors in our group, uh, people that, for, prefer to remain undisclosed that are watching everything that we do and seeing from the side and investors that are like, what, like, okay, let us know when we get here. Um, mm-hmm. It's just amazing. You know, I, I told someone, imagine if you're driving a little bit fast, three miles over and you have that sticker on the back of your car. Yeah. Someone comes up to you and they're wearing a bracelet. Right. What happens? You go to someone's house and you're going to do your job regardless because of your integrity, but it's just, it's just awesome, you know, just trying to create a little bit of goodness. And I said, none of us, we don't discuss politics, we don't discuss 
um, necessarily religious or religious beliefs, which uh, people always say, well, the cross, the cross. I'm like, cross is a symbol of hope. You know, it doesn't represent, or you're Baptist if you have the cross, or Catholic if you have the cross. It's just something that people see, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, that right. represents hope. Mm-hmm. Just a little hope. Hope yeah. for something better. Yeah, and that's like, like I said earlier, when you brought up, you know, maybe seeing somebody else with the bracelet. I don't know the last time I was in Kovalay where I didn't see at least one person. And I'm normally a really extroverted person and approach people in the gym. I'm way different. But anytime I see that or other people see that, it's like there's always at least a hello, how's it going? Like Like there is a family aspect to it or a team aspect to it that it's like, it's, it makes it real, I guess. Yeah. Rather than just, I don't know, saying it on Facebook or whatever, it becomes real when you see those people out and about and they do approach you or you approach them and it's like, hey, we have something in common with this. What's up? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, that's a cool thing and just to see that Topeka, I mean, we're, Topeka's yeah. a small, you know, and okay, so that's a good question. So do you, is Topeka's home? Mm-hmm. What keeps you in Topeka? Do you have dreams, or have you had dreams of going to a bigger place with more people, or whatever? No, I'm good. This is this is my home. That's awesome. Yeah. Any anything that I mean, I've traveled, of course, the world, mm-hmm. um, but I don't. I can't perceive myself like this is where this is built. You know, I've said that from day one. This is where it's going to stay. Yeah. You know, um, I have to do some outsourc- outsourcing now as I try to branch out into different areas of the market yeah right. that's hard um you know i said when, when my competitors are like adidas and nike i mean yeah first form like they're those guys are huge so mm-hmm. i have to think what what do we create uh that would make someone want to wear an against all odds shirt over adidas yeah <laughs> exactly know? what yeah yeah when the, like they can especially when you start looking at the buying power of the economy and how things actually work but again, I, I just don't want to, never really wanted to make it about that. You know, even like with the supplement line, it's more or less, I've been taking supplements for 20 plus years, you know, and I've taken some amazing stuff, some stuff that kind of fell off a little bit, some stuff that worked, some stuff that wasn't FDA inspected, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted to create something that I know that majority of the people are going to be able to take one for um, energy or a pre-workout, you know, things like that, that are yeah. going to work and they're going to get their money's worth for it. Where did you go for, for that? Because, I mean, that's a huge uh, <laughs> deal to tackle, I would think. I found a be- company in Memphis that manufactures, so there are, uh, once we get back on the ball, they'll be our manufacturing company. So we kind of have a two-year plan with them on where we want to roll out things. And right now, I feel we should already have about three products rolled out, but mm-hmm. I kind of put the halt on that. Right. And short version, they lost our first shipment. Mm-hmm. I think I told you that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I might have said it twice already because I keep saying it every day. Yeah. So now, once I have that product available uh, for the market, then um, I- I'm going to say for the Topeka market because it will be dispersed other areas, mm-hmm. what I can say at this time. Because um, there were some testing done on that in different markets, which is pretty cool. Okay. So uh, it works. All but right. once that is there, then um, with the two-year plan, I mean, I, I want to maybe have 15, 20 products 
you know, on the merchandise side, it never, ever leaves. But mm -hmm. I said my biggest focus will be online and one-on-one, -on -one, just making sure that people have, even if I'm not directly with them, that they have the right and proper guidance. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've seen some crazy stuff, and I've seen, you got to care a little bit. And, like, you oh, can't yeah, just, totally. you know, how would you want your grandma to be treated or your wife or your mom or your kids? You know, mm -hmm. that's what I think about a lot when I'm working with folks. Right. You, so what's that, yes? What's your pinnacle? What's what do you want? Where are you at now versus where do you want to be? I guess not just number wise, but like what's your vision for the branding as a whole? Because the important thing, like although I I talked about how well you do the one on one stuff and how awesome and impressive it is to see those success stories and how you treat your clients and stuff as family, the branding is so much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the apparel, the supplements, which is insane to think about. Like I've mentioned supplements to a few people that I'm like, oh yeah, my trainer has a supplement line coming out. They're like, excuse me? <laughs> they like, stuff that you like put in your body supplements? I'm like, yeah, dude. Legit and they're like, stuff. this is, they're like, oh, okay. And then you show that like your clothing isn't, isn't, uh, it's not like fruit of the loom with your branding on it. Right. It is your actual clothing line with all your, I mean, the tags are yours. Like, I did know, yeah. It's a big, you've got an operation going on, and it seems like it's, you're just scratching the surface, really. Literally. So I said the, the thing, I have a, I say kind of a foreseen forecast of where I believe it could be, but it already grew five times faster than what I thought it'd be by the, by December anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not even a fact, I, I don't even call it growth, it's more or less that we're not selling products, we're not selling merchandise, you know. Um, it, it's a brand, it's, it's mm -hmm. we're selling something that, it's not even something to sell, it's like when you see the Golden Arch, is what one of my brand folks that I met with talked about. It doesn't matter where you're at, if you're in China, Beijing, uh, Australia, Germany, and you see those golden arches, you know there's a burger there. Mm -hmm. Or some chicken McNuggets. Yeah. You know, so when, when they see that lion and that, I call it the half lion and the AAO, like they're going to know that wherever you're at, that that's someone you can trust, someone you can count on. And it might not just be, again, you're looking at physical training, you're looking at martial arts, you're looking at powerlifting, you're looking at Boxing, like there's all these different aspects. People that paint that want to be a part of AAO. Right. Uh, Kevin, our tattoo artist. Um, I'm not saying R. He, he. Yeah. He's just. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Yeah. That. It's just like. Um, Christine, she's an editor of three magazines. Mm -hmm. That's Kevin's wife. Okay. She's actually the one that's doing our digital media right now. Uh, yeah, I mean that. How, how do you? Right. How do you even meet someone like that? She's literally three major magazine companies mm -hmm. is who she works for. And she, I'm all in. What do you need? Yeah, sweet. And it's because of how you pour into others, I think, is why people buy into, want to invest in you back. If that, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but you're able to help people in, and I'm, and also like 
when we are talking the physical training stuff, you're great at helping bodybuilders find their, uh, achieve their goals, I guess. Yeah. But like me, for example, I have zero interest in getting on stage and flexing. Right. I'm zero. That's like Agnes asked, asked me the other day. She's yeah. like, are you going to step on stage with us in April? And I'm like, listen, I know you haven't seen me with my shirt off, but I have the body of like a pre-adolescent boy. Like it's not, <laughs> yeah. we're not great here. Right. But I came to you and I told you I want to get better in my jiu-jitsu game and I want to get better for my job. Uh, because especially my job because I think it's a total disservice when you take an oath to protect um, lives and to put yourself self in harm's way for another human and be below average in your physical ability to do that I think that's that's terrible and it's a terrible disservice but you I come to you with those things and you didn't write me off because I wasn't wanting to do bodybuilding yeah. Although you you post those things on, on the Facebook page about here's what's going on if you're doing the show, you're you adapt to me. You're like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Like I know you're not going to be a bodybuilder, but let's work on those things. Right. Your view or your uh, width of the things that you can help people with is infinite, essentially, as far as that goes. It's one thing I, I said, I don't know how to really give this uh, a good explanation, this, but I've been able to do, I've always been able to listen. I've always been able to uh, not be too eager to jump, if that makes sense. Um, but I, I think the, the gift just comes from actually giving a shit. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's where, it's not even, you know, I call it like a Superman type complex. I missed that before, but I just enjoy helping people. Like, right. I, I've been a person of service um, my whole life. Like, that's just what mm -hmm. I love to open the door for people that I don't know. Uh, that, that's, I would rather open the door or help someone across the street than go spend a million dollars on crap that I'll never use. Yep. Um, you know, I, I've said this too, like a lot of people, oh, you're going to get a, like I've, I've had the fancy cars, I've had the nice watches, I've got suits that I'll never wear again. Um, I've had the diamonds. I just don't, I have beyond everything that I ever could have imagined right now. And I think that's finally why like, I was able to see finally because I didn't, what I wanted wasn't for myself anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, um, one time I was paying eight phone lines because everybody had iPads and iPhone, this and that. Right. It's like, I don't like, I'd rather, I don't know how to explain that. No, I get it. Let's go put some clothes on some kids' backs or give yeah. them some new shoes or, um, you know, let's let's go take some groceries to somebody's house just randomly. You know, let's do something different. I, I think you're, you know, you're supposed to give one hand and not look at the other, but like the other day I was at Scooters and I just said, uh, take care of the cars behind me. Mm -hmm. He said, oh, the one? I said, no, I'll, Right. It's so much more rewarding to give, and for me, to give than to receive. Yeah. Especially when it comes to material things. Because it's like, like you said, you had all this incredible, all these things that so many people are like, ooh, that's what I want to chase after, blah, blah, blah. Well, you got all those, but guess what? You still have the same issues, whether it was your mental health or whatever, 
yeah. with those things that you have without them. And I think sometimes that's what it takes to see, to kind of have the blinders removed to see. That's not, I'm not going to get the fulfillment in that. Mm-hmm. Maybe temporary, but in serving others and to see others kind of pay it forward, that's, I mean, that right there is that's so awesome. rewarding. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, you have to go, dude. Has it that, been that long? It's 310, yeah. I told you, okay. we're going to have to, you There's get in here at the time just like, poof. Yeah. So, your before you go, uh, AAO for you and your passion and your drive for that is not just wanting to see people's physical goals met or reached. Absolutely. It's not. so much bigger and it is, people buy, are buying in because of the relationship aspect of things. Right. And how much you're dumping into them as a human. It's humanity. Needs a little upgrade. Trust me, I've made my mistakes. Like, oh, yeah, well, I still, I made some today, probably. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, it's just I wanted to do something different. You know, I said in the what I got that day is for me. It's never ever just been about the stage. Never just been about pumping iron in the gym. It's been, um, I mean, again, tennis, ski, hockey. It's we all have to find some escape. The movies, uh, music, there's something that we need just to find that peace and tranquility. So, I mean, whatever I can do, AO it means against all odds. We all face that at some point. So, yep. um, whatever I can do, whatever we can do to strengthen the community and surround the area is mm-hmm. legitimately, you know, what I want to do. Yeah, that's the direction. And that's, again, you look at supplements, you look at the, the clothing line that, that's just a part of life you know that's those are things that are if i see you in your fire uniform i know you're a fire you, know, you see a police officer you know a police officer when you see the line the aao you know that they're aao there you go that's what we want it's awesome and i think i think uh i think very quickly because i think when things get moving they move faster and faster like a snowball effect effect but I think in Topeka specifically, in the community, I think that there's going to be some awesome stuff come from you and what you've done. And it's I'm just beginning to see that. So just beginning. Yep. So the things that I'm different in a lot of ways. I've had some chances to do some different outreaches and things like mm-hmm. that. And it's like, um, I guess the best way to say it, we're not trying to take anyone's business. We're not trying to. We're trying to just help people. We're trying to uh, mm-hmm. network and, you know, hey, do this, do that, do that. Hey, we got these people. Just let them know you're A. I mean, that's awesome. When you walk in the door and you already know. Yeah. Uh, I'd say when, the, when I knew where we were going, this was probably August, like the 5th, maybe. Mm-hmm. Just open, still running around, still pressing on shirts. And right. Running back, buying fabric. Like, my God, we spent $500 fabric today. I don't even know what I'm going to eat tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lady had her uh, AAO sticker on her phone. Mm-hmm. She went to go eat someplace, and someone said, "Oh, do you know Martin?" And they're like, "Yeah." First, when she went to pay for her food, it was already paid for. And I was like, "That's exactly what I want." That's sweet. That's awesome. Like that's you couldn't ask for anything to make you more humble than that. Mm-hmm. That's really cool, and I think it's like you said, it's just the beginning. So yeah. I'd ask if you wanted to plug anything, but we're kind of doing that. 
this whole entire episode. Yeah. So I, I guess uh, we'll post the link if you want to the website and people can see and find everything there. Yes, I just redid the website um, today, so or made it a lot easier for people to go on and look for items that they want. Um, got several new things coming out. I said we try to keep it appropriate, like your beanie, mm -hmm. uh, things that are actually usable. So some uh, hoodies and things that are coming over. Um, training bags, things like that. These don't have to just be training bags, but right. like I said, I'm gonna load these bags up with goodies. I'm gonna put straps in them, I'm gonna put water bottles in them, and it's gonna be yeah. a remarkable price, so you can buy it separately. Sweet, man, yeah. looking forward to it. Yep. I think uh, you're gonna do huge things, and I'm excited to, to be in in so early to kind of see the growth from, from the start. Kind so, of crazy, yeah. Thanks for sharing your story. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate ah. it.